Hey guys, just adding this to the beginning of the episode, just to let you know, this is a trigger warning for this episode. We do discuss some very serious allegations that were made with regards to TI and Tiny. So if it's something that you will need to avoid, um, just try to avoid that section if you can. Feel free to message us at DATSPOD and we can tell you the minute uh, or it'll be in the description, um, but just let us know. Cool. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Peace. I don't understand what that added to the oh, project and dear. why it was necessary. <laughs> that's um, very pain. Well, it's honest. Like that's <laughs> when, when when I see it, I just Not I think myself, myself, why No, but honestly. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Like The Stands. This is season 6, episode 11 and you are here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chopin. And the gang is back. The trio is back. We're all here united on the podcast talking all things music and culture. Nick, welcome back. We missed you. We saw all the things you were doing in the streets and um, obviously we spoke about Palestine and everything that's going on. Um, I don't know if you want to talk on that quickly. Um, yeah. So, like, the main reason I've been away for two weeks. Um, three actually. It, has it been three? Oh, has it been? Are three? you sure? Yes. I think it's two. I'm looking at our Spotify now, and you, yeah, you went on the last three episodes. It's three. three? What? No, it was two. No, it, was two. it has to have been two. I'm so sorry. Like, oh no, it's no. two. Sorry, I misread. <laughs> no, yes, I was true. like, what? Okay, yeah. there must have been an invisible episode. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I've been off for a fortnight is um, because I've actually just been exhausted, guys. Like, I've just been exhausted. Um, the reason wasn't initially protesting or anything like that it was a last minute decision to actually go to the palestine um palestinian and and colombian to be fair um protest last week um that was because of my cousin so shout out to my cousin um olivia but um yeah so we joined last week and it was yeah it was enlightening i will always be a reporter of palestine and like free palestine i studied it in uni and you know writing an essay was like never never been so hard like because knowing that struggle being black and having you know the experience of being west indian and you know slavery and land being taken from us um you just relate to that struggle you just it's it's not hard to understand in principle obviously there's so many nuances and dates and times and they started in 1914 with the zionist movement in london you know so um this is a lot uh, over a hundred years now in the making so I will yeah always shout free Palestine um, and I would implore you all who's listening to kind of just research into the issue it's a liberation struggle so I think we should all be a part of it but in terms of like where I'm at now um, I'm still a little bit tired there's still some things to wrap up but I am good for the most part and like ready to be back and I've missed you know talking about music and culture um on the podcast but I've seen it's been in good hands there's been some 
intense conversations for the last two weeks as well, which has been fun. Some humorous conversations as well. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. For the most part, I'm good. Um, and things. So are... we're just gonna skip over free runway. So. <laughs> That's right. Bring like him up, Shopee. Bring him up. Um, yeah. So that came out. Paper magazine. Um, a cover story on Tuesday, I want to say. Um, I haven't really had the time to process it, to be honest with you, because I, again, am tired. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to, like, finish everything that's going on um, right now. And then I'll process everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks. But no, yeah, like, I'm happy to have been asked to do that. That was that was an honour to kind of do. She's a great person. Can't wait for the debut album. She's, oh, I can't even say it. She was on Jonathan Ross. Um, if you guys want to watch clips on YouTube um, on Saturday where we're recording. So yeah, like it was a good opportunity and I'm grateful to um, Paper for asking me for to do that. Um, it's, a sec- it's a second cover story for me over there. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really blessed. And it's third time interviewing Bree. Yeah, I mean, the first time was really brief. Like, it was 15 minutes. It was really brief. So, the first one was Trench <laughs> I love for Why I Wait Feature in, I believe, 2019. <laughs> and then he interviewed her for DIY last year. Yes. And now he's interviewed her for Paper, an American title, for a cover story. So, as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, and shout out to our non-binary folks listening, um, this young man is becoming a key critical voice in the early days of her career. Chope really came and did. Nick, I'm going to let you finish. Listen, but, man, like, like, I'm just, <laughs> so, I'm just, literally, I'm just Because we all know, all this, all is, this grand, know, hold on, hold on. All this grandeur, it doesn't matter. Like, literally, just, I'm just grateful to write. That's all it is. I'm just grateful to write. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciate the love though. I appreciate the love. Thank you. But honestly, let's not make Nick's head get too big. Let's just be, you know, grounded and, you know, I hope you guys enjoy the piece as well. Um, if you take the time to read it, of course, um, and like the editorial, cause I really like that. They're always the shock for me cause I never get to see them before. So I loved the styling from the people in London um, who were a part of this as well. Some people's first cover story as well, I was seeing in the credits too, so. And Nick's third in less than a year. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's hope. Um, so, oh, go on. of course, we had Flo Millie last year, or was it the beginning of this year? I can't remember. <laughs> Let go of the man's lapel. <laughs> like... Honestly, like, he'll just And talk. then we had Freddie Gibbs for Mag at the beginning of <laughs> April. And now we are here once again with Brie Runway, his second paper cover story, his third cover story in life, his third Brie Runway interview. So in the many years time, when we look, if you know Brie comes what we think she should be, when people are scrambling at her early profile pieces and early interviews, they'll see Nicholas Terrell Scott, not once, not twice, but three times in the in the history journals and next, archives next to that wikipedia was it things. taylor swift <laughs> yeah probably yes probably yes probably there might be like you know in 30 years time Ugh. nicholas Strauss got said in 2019 for trench magazine that's what's gonna happen young pe- people out Love there it. 
And the thing That's is, just, to, just anyone who's kind of new to this podcast, this isn't something we just do to Nick. Like when Chope is being too quiet about his successes, uh, I'd make sure to bring him up too. Because last week he was being quiet. Wait, no, week before he was being quiet. And I brought his lapel to the show and I said, listen, you have written two pieces, one that is yet to come out and we're not going to be quiet about it. So Nick, man. I think it's three or four. Yeah. Okay. Three or four. Yep, three or four. <laughs> no, but at that time, it probably was that, though. But yeah. Yeah, yep. there's still one more left. But we're all bigging each other up, and that's good. And Nick, well done, man. Like, really proud of you. I know we're staying humble and grounded and Thank all you. of them things, but it's amazing, man. Yeah, like, honestly, like, outside of this all, I just want to sleep and liberation for my people but um no in terms of that thank you shopper like um, i appreciate the support and motivation throughout and stuff like that um yeah like <laughs> i do want to retire the pen for a little bit <laughs> after after these next few bits right. as well um for real like but th- and to be honest with you like really truly i have not pitched like these stuff can't t- i'm just like i want to rest like every time i'm like i'm taking this week off of work to rest something comes in and i'm just like mm, but i'm grateful i'm grateful i'm grateful god is good god is good but um yes let's focus on someone else right now how are the bunch of you guys like Shope, how's everything Wait, before we moved on, because we've spoken about your accomplishments, how's your mental? How's how's all that? Do you know what? Like, I have been tired, like really tired. But do you know what? I just need to get through some deadlines. There's a few more to go. So, like, in terms of not all of them are articles, like some are like um, biographies and stuff like that. So I will be okay in the next two weeks. I'm 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 anticipating. If if nothing else comes on the table, I'll be okay in the next two weeks. Yeah, but in terms of mental, like it's really not bad. It's not that deep. It's just that um it's just exhaustion at this point. It's not depression, it's not like that, it's just exhaustion at this point. Um, but once how many people I think there's like three to do or something, three or four, but once those are smashed out, um, I will just be constantly at cine world you know just like because i've got an unlimited card i will just be seeing anything and everything just for that nostalgia of being in the cinema um but yeah no i'm good i'm good thank you so much for bringing that up i really always appreciate that but yeah how are you guys as mental and how has the last few weeks been um and i'm not just talking about work can we talk about you as a person like let's forget labor for a little bit how how are you guys as people um I guess I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just just tired. That's it. Same as always. Nothing really different. Um, yeah, it's nothing. Nothing else to say, really. Yeah, that's where you're at this week. Okay. Um, me, I'm good, man. Like, I'm really good. Um, I am in a very good place in terms of uh, my mental health. I am back at working out, doing meditation, yoga going for walks and um just doing the best I can man I have a lot of questions at the moment in terms of my path and where I am heading um which is a question that I haven't really given myself the opportunity to really sit down and figure out in a while um just because when you're in the midst of the depression um you don't really think like that um so I feel good that I'm coming out and I'm able to see more clearly um and i feel in a a much more secure place emotionally and mentally um 
So I feel good. Like if I'm being completely honest, I feel good and I feel really, really faithful is the word I want to use. Like faith is something that is becoming a lot more apparent in my life. There are things that are showing up and people that are coming to me that I just can't explain. And I can only use spiritual intervention to kind of um, explain, um, which is definitely a very different approach to life um which is interesting um but i'm really good i'm really really in a good space man and i didn't listen to the j cole album um just actually i did but i didn't really listen to it listen to it if you get what i mean like i i skimmed through it but i didn't really listen to it um and music in terms of what i've been listening to is mostly we'll talk about it next but it's mostly random songs um and work is fine man like work is work at the moment like they're talking about going back into the offices soon, like two days a week and stuff. And um, we're just going to see what happens. Like, we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm all good. Cool. So that's all three of us. Um, I know when it's two of us, we leave a space for the listeners. But don't think because all three of us are here, there's no space for you guys. We do want to know how you're doing, how your week has been, what you've been eating, if you've been eating at all. We hope you have. If you've been drinking, staying hydrated. Um, and ask yourself the important questions. How are you mentally? How are you emotionally, physically, spiritually? Um, what have you been listening to? And a special shout out to Lucy, um, Lucy KT. I don't use Twitter anymore. I think that's her. Uh, I saw that she has been actually interacting with the Dats account as well. And I just want to say a special thank you to her. She's always interacting yep. with the Dats yep. account. Very me. appreciative. Thank you for commenting. Um, and we do see the comments as well. Um, and everyone else who's been interacting with us at DATSPOD, um, we really appreciate the love and the energy that you send our way. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll jump straight to the episode, but just want to remind you guys, we do have space. So DATSPOD, hashtag, find us there. And we'll go straight into the music section. So Shope, do your thing, man. Right. So we're going to get into our listens. So where do I start this week? I feel like it will be kind of redundant, but I am going to give uh, shouts to artists who I did mention last week, but I'm just going to quickly extend that. So still in my escape bag, SWV bag, but I this week particularly have been listening to their second album, Off The Hook, from 1995. And um, I spoke about it briefly last week, but yeah, I've just been playing it a lot this week. And I think that I appreciate it more. Because like I said, I, I was definitely team SWV, even though I love escape. Um, but no, I definitely feel like I've appreciated giving this album an appreciation this week that I didn't have years ago. Like this is a definitely like a very very good album and despite it being a successful album i actually would say it's quite underrated for the quality of the songs like um every song in here is actually it's, it's very good like every song is very good is well produced shout out to jermaine dupree and daryl simmons um yeah shout and the girls themselves like i love uh the way the vocals are divided between the four of them i love how de- depending on the member, like the, a member can lead the chorus, like especially Candy, um, which is why I say we need to respect her more because like she's quite an integral part of the group. Um, but yeah, I just want to just shout out that album. But for those who haven't heard it, like definitely check out a song called "Keep It on the Real." That's the the end. That's the final track. And also, I'll say that this this album c- could have had better single choices, like. Looking now that I've heard, like now that I'm really hearing it, I'm like, why was that a single? Why wasn't this a single? But anyway, yeah, shout out to Off the Hook. Great, great album. Um, 
an album from the 90s I don't think it's spoken about enough and I think it's their best work actually um so that's that Stevie Wonder 2 I've been listening to fulfilling this first finale a lot this week like I said last week before last before last week it was an album of his that once again I'd liked but I definitely don't think I appreciate the way I do now which is why it's always good to come back and revisit things ladies and gentlemen and non-binary people it's always good to go back don't you know have your first couple of listens or because you may come back in five years time 10 years time and have a completely different perspective and that's happened with this album too and I definitely can see why some of his fans would put this as one of his best bodies of work because it is really really good but on to some other things so just those two things from last week um I'm going to start off with LSD XOXO. He is uh, a house and electronic, I guess, techno producer from Berlin. Um, shout out to my friend. I'm not going to say her name, but she is. I'm going to say Jamie Dodger. You know who you are. Introduced me to this um, young man a while ago, like a few months ago, or maybe end of last year. But I was familiar with him because he's done remixes for people like... Um, Kalela and Serpent with Feet, so I was aware of him anyway and I heard the name before, but I've definitely been listening to his music quite a lot these last few months. And he released his latest EP um, called Dedicated to Disrespect last week. So only four songs, so so it's a listen, but it's just I it's just a great uh how can I put it? What's the word I'm looking for? Oh no, I hate when this happens. There's a word I want and and I've definitely used the word before in life, but I don't know what it is right now. But it's just, I guess, in audio form, it's just a, a sweaty club project. That's not the word I was looking for. And I'm ashamed of myself that I can't remember what, it, what this word is. And I might actually have to do a quick Google. What is this word? I hate when this happens to me. Just let it go and it will come to you. Sweaty club. I'm trying to figure, figure out what you mean by that. It's No, because it's... No, it's... It, what, I mean, it does give it vibe. But there's also a particular word that I'm looking for as well. Oh, my God. That's so annoying. But anyway, it's a great... It's a great project. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's off... Like I said, you guys know I've been getting to my house electronic bag in... I guess the last year or so, especially from black ones, because I'm trying to uplift those now. Like, you know, we do exist in these spaces. We are in these genres, always have been. Um, so yeah, um, a great black electronic artist. And like, I love the way, I love the way it's produced because I think we have some um, ideas of what, well, especially, I should even not say that people might. Anyway, some people have ideas of what they think, you know, how electronic is. And I used to be one of those people, but like, I think listening to artists like him, you can just really see how, expansive it can be how ambitious it can be and how you can really mix in genres that still has elements of like you know disco and trap or in this case i think he calls it ghetto house and bounce and other things like that so he's just um i don't really know what to say i feel like i'm not really selling him well but check him out oh definitely like it's de a lot of his music definitely draws from ballroom culture nyc ballroom nightlife um brown black and brown queer communities in, in new york but it's also like very european too like i said this is not the best description but he's great guys dedicated disrespect <laughs> that's the name of the project check him out in general um he's a um great great producer um would love to see him live i think he would be a vibe and like i said we're black and we exist in these spaces second so next um <sighs> Nicki minaj so she re-released Beam Me Up Scotty, you know, put it on streaming platforms for the first time. 
because I believe it came out originally in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. So I think 12 years later, here we are. And I don't actually heard this project in a long time, in a long time. Like, we always see EB Piggy go viral on Twitter once in a while, but like, I actually didn't heard the project in a while. And I must say, you know, as much shit as I give her, she does deserve it especially in recent years. I must say, it, it has been nice revisiting this project um, and it brought back a lot of memories to when I was a teenager and also just the beginning of her career, the, her early days, and just see how far she's come. But also just, you know, just that raw hunger and undeniable talent. Like, as much like I said, I'll, there's a lot we can say about her in 2021 and it's valid, but... Listening, and I think Nick will agree with what I say, is I think listening back to this project for the first time and just really being reminiscent, I was like, you know, I'm proud of her. You know, like this this project still holds up. It's not perfect. There were like, there's some songs here which I didn't like then and I still don't like now. But, <laughs> but like when I just listen, I just hear just the energy and the bars and the arrogance. Like she was just really rapping, you know? It was really rapping. And then that's why it's like, you know, she just, I know she says a lot about her bitches are her sons and shit, but like, you know what? She deserves it. You know, like the scape, the scope, the landscape for female rap has changed in so much. And you know, it's largely down to what she's done in the last, you know, 12, 13 years. And I know a lot of people, if you got familiar with her with Pink Friday, but you know, if you were there, you know, the mixtape Nikki, you know, sucker free and playtime is over. And I remember that. I remember that. And it's just kind of mad to see how far she's come. So, like, I've definitely been enjoying it. And I liked the new songs as well. Um, well, not Crocodile Tea, if that song can go. Um, but um, Seeing Green, Drake and Lil Wayne. I loved hearing her over that kind of production. And shout out to Heather Headley is sampled on that on that song. And it just kind of gives me something that I wish we... I hope we get more of this from her. Because I feel like, you know, she can rap. But I just feel like, at this point, I just want something more mature. Something more... Um, and more um more artistically ambitious it's a bit more of a vision more cohesive because that's kind of been her issue she's not, she still hasn't really given us a classic album she has solid albums but doesn't really have like a strong cold like back to front love it and obviously queen is one of the worst because i've heard in my life um mm. so yeah Nicki minaj man and then I guess to end, well, there's Jay called the off season, but we'll be discussing that in detail later this episode. And I guess just to end, I will return to the 90s. I don't know why this has been on my spirit, but um, in Vogue, Later Flow, it's from their 1997 album, EV3. I love, love, love this song. It should have been a single. I think it was going to be because to any of you watch the Wayans Brothers back in the day on Trouble or way far in the world, they actually wanted a guest on the show and they performed this song. So I think they were going to make a single, but for every reason they didn't, but bad decision. It's a great, funky song, very, like, 70s, but it was very much, like, contemporary and modern for its time, being that it was 97, but still very um modern and chic. And, uh, yeah, they, they all sound amazing on there. And it's um a missed opportunity, that song. That song should, that should be a staple at the, the Black Functions, in my opinion, today. So that's what we have today. Escape of Stevie Wonder, still on that vibe. But for this week on Nunu, LSD XOXO, 
Nicki Minaj and Vogue and Jermaine Cole. But we will be discussing him later. But we will check out that album. That's all I see. Cool. Uh, I'll jump in next um, since I've only got one listen this week. Sorry, that was a mess, guys. But hey, enjoy. It really, it really wasn't. But <laughs> it, you, you did well, man. Um, all right. Next, I'm going to talk about an album I've spoken about before. So Imano Mari Energy. Just where I'm at at the moment. It's a great album to listen to whilst meditating or kind of just trying to be in a positive space. The title track is my favorite. It's the one that I vibe to the most. And just kind of um, the imagery that comes from the music when I listen to it as well. Like there's a lot of flashing lights and um, bright colors when I hear it as well. So it's a very positive type of listen. Um, So if you are looking for some upbeat music, you've probably heard of Imano Mari before. Great producer, um, has ties to Selection and so many other artists as well who have done incredibly well um but listen to the energy ep i gave his other ep ascended masters a go but it wasn't really for me i found it slightly um it was slightly more downbeat than i expected it's not completely downbeat but um it wasn't the kind of um uplifting type of music i thought it would be um but maybe i need to listen to it again let's see so that is me in terms of my two listens. I will say I listened to Robin Thicke on Earth and in Heaven recently. Um, so it's no secret that one of my favorite albums to ever be created was um, The Evolution of Robin Thicke. I love that album to death. I have so many positive memories when listening to that as well. And Robin Thicke, um, in terms of the position he played in R&B um, and how... I would say for me, he was a great introduction to just just music. Um, I know that's something that Shope and I share because um, we've spoken um, about Robin Thicke in the past. But On Earth and In Heaven was something that I really enjoyed, but I need to sit with it for a bit longer. Um, it's definitely Robin um, tapping into that early sound he had before. It came Wait, out this in is new 2021. Album. Yeah, so this is fairly new. It came out February. Yeah. Um, so the yeah, songs that I, he's kind of released as singles are Ola and um, I think it's Beautiful. Is it Beautiful? I think it's Beautiful. I've been meaning to listen to this album. I really have been meaning yeah. to check this out because I, I did hear the singles and it did sound like literally a return yeah. to form. I think from from what I've heard, I think this is this is his best album in a yeah. long time. Yeah. From what I, I know. Of yeah, the, the Evolution of Robin Thicke was good. Um, Sex Therapy was okay love and war kind yeah it was album. good underrated album and then we got blurred lines and paula so don't forget something else that was a good album too oh it's not on spotify this is is it oh wait 2008 yeah yeah, yeah i missed it sorry that was a good album too but no love after war that's his best album well okay okay i was about to say <laughs> so yeah robin thick on earth and in heaven um so those are my listens this week and then we'll talk about j cole afterwards but like i said imano mari check him out and um robin thick on earth and in heaven nick hello so um some interesting listens uh from both of you guys um yeah like i've, I've definitely it's definitely like an eclectic mix um in terms of what i've been listening to i would say that for yeah obviously j cole which we'll get into a bit later um I've also been listening to, uh, I'm just sorry, I'm just going into my streams um, right now. Yeah, so I've listened to um, 
Lotto's new song called The Biggest. Um, it was released by our stream cut and RCA yesterday. Um, not yesterday, last Friday for you guys. Um, and it's actually a reclamation of her name, changing it um, from Mulatto, as obviously everyone would know, or Miss Mulatto from when she was a young teen, to now Lotto, which is now referring to money and great success. So like, if you think of jackpot, hit the Lotto is definitely a phrase that people have said, you've hit the Lotto. Um, it's usually spelled L-O-O-L-O-T-T-O. Um, but obviously she's keeping remnants of, I guess, lineage just for people listening, searching SEO by um, keeping the, L- the L-A instead of the L-O in there. Um, I was actually intrigued to see if she would face into the ignorance that she kind of displayed. And we've spoken about this. We actually spoke about this before this became a big conversation Um, in terms of when I started listening to her. I I obviously acknowledged the name and Eden acknowledged the name as well being kind of problematic. So, well, extremely problematic in the Black community, actually. Um, So, yes, we've definitely had this conversation and it predates the whole social media stuff on Clubhouse and then subsequently Twitter as well over the last couple of years. But um, yeah, I think she faces into that, faces into her ignorances. Um, She was given the name as a child, I believe, by her father, who's black. (laughs) Um, He gave her the name. So um, that's highly speculated to be what happened anyway. Um, And she's carried it with her through her rap game uh, television debut where she was in a competition similar to X Factor, but with young child rappers with Jermaine Dupri. And then obviously as her career as like a woman in rap, she then changed Miss Mulatto to just Mulatto. And then as of late, she's been going under the moniker Big Lotto. And then we've got to this stage where it's Lotto now. And Big Lotto is kind of the turn up version of Lotto, which she said in a billboard interview yesterday. But, um, lyricism she definitely said that she was um ignorant she said that she thought everyone was a hater and then she looked into obviously you know her people dying Brianna taylor etc etc um sandra bland over the years we there's a whole plethora of names but she said that how can she use such a name when people are dying which i thought was you know I guess some semblance of her acknowledging the history of the word and, you know, black people's oppression um, and it just being grossly insensitive to use the word. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just think it's going to be interesting to see the conversation that sparked after this um, and what happens to her career. Because if anyone knows, she was obviously a double XL freshman, but beyond that, because that doesn't even matter as much in rap anymore, um, she was rising... um, pretty much off of her um bitch from the south song with trina and sweetie and then going into her own career and stuff and getting a gold um, and platinum plaque her last era as well so it's going to be interesting to see if the name conversation and controversy protects her now or harms her even more than it's already done so i i, I just thought it was honest um you know and a nice buzz single for for her next era but i'll 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 definitely keep in tune with what's going on with her and to see if, you know, the career still continues because if long-term listeners obviously remember, I've been intrigued with her career as well. And I think she's definitely someone who can bar, like that's without a doubt. But I just think the controversy stuff in, in how she's treated people that have critiqued the name 
has kind of plagued her a little bit. So we're, gonna, we're just going to see what happens there. But I think it's a strong attempt to at least face into her wrongdoing um, on wax. And I think how she got the lyricism together to do that is just, again, a testament to her penmanship. But again, I just want to see her uplift more black women who are darker than her because the word is obviously on the other side of the spectrum to do with mixed people and privilege, privileges that they have and stuff like that. So yeah, derogatory term, let's move past it and hope that, you know, her career reflects that that cultural kind of movement in her mindset of what's going on. But um, that's the first song. Kambu is another guy. He's from London. He's a rapper. His new song, um, Dumpling, was released yesterday. I believe the visual was released in tandem with it as well. And he is someone who's just so lyrical. It's, it's, it's beyond me. And I think he really plays with his cadence quite well. I think he's got the aggression on point. And I just feel like he's going to, like, you know, with Pasalu last year, how he exploded. I think that Kambu is very much so about to do the same thing um not in the same sonic palettes but um just in terms of trajectory um i think he's definitely a strong lyricist he's he's in he's a newcomer who has the visuals to match as well i think he's very much in tune with what's going on locally in in black london and you know the the struggles that we're going through politically as well but he doesn't it's not performative it's just kind of very rago that's the thing we say in in the west indies just very like um, matter of fact um very very much true to form and it just it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel like the current political moment which we're on um for example like this is america by childish gambino which i hate to this day um i it doesn't feel like that it just feels very much like you know, drop a 16 here, drop a 16 here. And one of those those um, 16 are to do with, you know, his, his everyday experience as a black man in London. So I love the song. I love his flow, um, his, his textured kind of cadence as well. I think he's got very much um, a hollow effect that he can, he can employ in places, which is cool. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. I, I like that he's mixing things up a little bit in London. Um, so the song's called Dumpling. Um, and then Masterpiece and Cassian released this single called Slow Song. And it was every much 2000s pop rock realness for me with a bit of trap flow. Um, I really enjoyed it. The visual for it was impeccable as well. Pretty much in a car, zooming around the city. I loved them. I actually really, really loved them because Masterpiece is someone you look at, you know, and the media would have certain perceptions of him and then he opens his mouth. And it's not that at all. And I love it. I love the um, alt pop. I love the the infusion of rap, but um, singing as well in places too. Um, I think he's really exciting. He's really exciting to kind of watch. And I think Cassian's sound is just impeccable. I've spoken about Cassian um, either earlier this season or the end of last season. But Cassian is dope as well. Um, I know that Masterpiece is a mixtape or EP, whatever you want to call it, coming out in the middle of the summer um i don't know if i'm allowed to release dates or anything but yeah in the middle of the summer but um that will be dope to kind of hear too and cassian is working on a new project too i just think if you liked the 2000s kind of pop rock sound um 
you will definitely like this the electric guitars throughout that kind of sound as well i think a lot of people say um that masterpiece is kind of genre he's he's genre blending a lot very well as well and i think there was a feature I think he did with Enemy that kind of went into that um, a year or two ago, which is super exciting for him. So yeah, I loved that, both the song and the visual. Again, the UK is doing some great work right now um, in that space too. And I have a, a few other releases, but I'm not going to shout them out because there's, there's just a lot. Um, but I guess the last one I'll say is I'm so glad that Malibu Mitch is back. Um, she literally to me is the audio embodiment of like a Dementor coming onto a song. Like she literally, her hollow voice, her downtrodden kind of vocals, her Foxy Brown influence. It's, it's everything. I want a more that New York Bronx feel. She is a pint-sized little goat ready to come out and I'm, I'm I'm really excited for her um yeah I loved the beat as well it kind of um, sounded like an East Asian string instrument that you would hear probably in Samurai Jack um that was literally cushioning the whole song going through from start to finish um it sounded almost like a bee um hissing in your ear or buzzing in your ear should I say um and yeah Malibu was just riding that beat for the life of her and I love her to bits I love everything that she does on tracks um so yeah it's called I like what I like it's released by E1 Music she's independent but working with a big distributor one of the biggest distributors in music right now so um yeah I'm really excited to see where she goes this era as well um and what the other singles sound like but um She's dope. If you like Foxy Brown, you'll love her. So yeah, that is my listens for the week. A lot of singles. Um, yeah, but we'll get into J. Cole in a little bit. And I remembered my word. The word I was looking for with LSD is it's hedonistic. That is how I would describe the, the project. Dope. That's how I'm glad I you found it. I hope that, that, I don't know if that will do anything to anyone listening, but yes, it's... <laughs> um yeah like unashamedly and proudly hedonistic that's the spirit of that project dedicated disrespect great so you, you niggas don't care no 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 you got it in the end which is good um okay Dope. cool so <laughs> thanks for all of that nick and thank you for everything anerogenous we'll use that to come through yes yes thesaurus coming coming out this, finally this english degree yes degree. vocabulary in handy Coming out, coming 20 minutes later. But yes, that's it. what I was looking we for. We love it. <laughs> okay, good. Cool. All right, so what we'll do is we'll jump straight into the new section. So Nick, do your thing, man. Yeah, before we actually get onto our regular scheduled programming, I do want to shout out Amal Noor, who joined Love Renaissance as a senior director of A&R and management. Um, she just this story blew up this week as well and I, I was just like um she's she's amazing like she was from here went to LA um or the US at large in different regions and she's just you know she's just been killing it um and I wanted to shout her out because I think Love Renaissance this is part of a larger story where Love Renaissance have just in, been employing women um a lot this week as well diverse women as well like um the, looking at the picture from Music Week, you can research this piece. Um, just all sides of the spectrum being covered. And I think 
you know, women bring a lot to the table of music. And I think without without women in campaigns and stuff like that, you fall flat. Like, they just know their shit, you know, especially, like, black women. Let's talk about it. Like, they, are, they do a lot in music. And I think this story this week, seeing it unfold and then seeing the wider story yesterday was something that I was like, this, I'm going to spotlight, you know, um, this story as well. Um, I think, you know, obviously Summer Walker, Black, Shelly, FKA Dram, um, if you know who that is, um, Division as management, they they are working this next era of um, specific R&B cats as well um, and rap. And I think that employing all of these women onto the table um, who have worked in incredible places, you know, um, Priya Minas has joined from Vivo, for example, as the director of creative content. Um, and I think this this move for them is is strong and I think it will, you know, build them as to one of the strongest labels in Atlanta, to be honest, right now, um, outside of hip hop. We, we know Atlanta's hip hop influenced the Southern Gateway region um, and kind of the, the epicenter of business as it comes to hip hop. But I think, you know, um, Love Renaissance, which is LVRN, you probably know that kind of acronym online, um, is is in, is really interesting to see and I think shout out to Amal and I think she's she has managed um Super Mario who has recently signed a deal to Sony Music Publishing and has credits with Drake, Megan, Young Thug, you name it. So she took him to his ascendance and career and really managed that quite well. So I wanted to shout her out, you know, beautiful, beautiful um story to read. And I think that the label are continuing to just be renegades in, in trying to change the culture in, in music business and not the culture is in that phrase that I don't understand what it means in terms of actual change the pulse and the culture of positioning, managerial positions, director positions and, you know, try and see what women can really do. So I'm excited to see what um, what Noor, Amal Noor works on in, in this new venture as well. And I'm excited to see the evolution of the label um, as they direct themselves to management because Division aren't signed to obviously the record label side, they're signed to management. So I'm just excited to see what that looks like on their next rollout. So yeah, just wanted to shout that story out. I thought it was something cool to start the tone, set the tone with. Um, and if you guys want to see more of that story, Music Week has both of those as well. Um, and shout out to Whitney Boateng, who has obviously got an amazing new position as well. Um, so I'm excited to see her and the evolution of her career too. So yeah, shout out both of those women. Um, let's move in to the actual stories on the agenda this week. Um, so we're going to have to talk about this person again. We're going to have to return to Atlanta, um, for bad news. But, um, yeah, T.I. Um, has released a new song. I haven't heard it. Don't ask for a review because it's not happening. I'm sure the other two haven't, or if they have... <laughs> I don't know but um so yeah there's um T.I. 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 he has obviously taken aim um at his sexual assault accusers which 
the list you know goes on and on um we reported on this earlier in the season and the song is called what it's come to i'm not directing you guys to listen we're just giving you all the facts um so yeah um this song was released over the past couple of days and you know there's a lyric video on youtube if you want to you know see the lyrics and all that kind of stuff or go to genius like shopo did as well um ti obviously then posted the official tracks artwork to social media which features handwritten lyrics about unspecified claims um an anonymous provocative conversation and lying ass bitches so derogatory terms as well um some of the lyrics put on complex i'm reading the story from complex is um go put your face and reputation on it these kind of claims deserve more than anonymous provocative conversation don't it willing to face whatever consequences for his vision while i'm up against some lying ass bitches damn this is what it's come to um he yeah obviously there's lyrics on a, a pad on his instagram as well um in the fire i reside like the money dune um n-words try it wearing wires at the rendezvous so obviously he's talking about wires police wires snitching all of that kind of stuff um ain't never been ashamed to look off in the mirror all my fears and imperfections um made them disappear go put your face and reputation on it as i just said that's part of the pen i'm not going to reread it but speak for the people what you did we can undo welcome to the um countel pro which is obviously a police department part two damn this is what it's come to he's hinted that his stint in prison before um I was built for all this shit. God sent me here on a mission. That's the real Atlanta. A um, lot of rich white folk up in Buckhead want to still Atlanta. Okay, it just goes into that kind of stuff. But you can read the full lyrics on the pen pad or on Instagram or Genius. But yeah, the case obviously continues to evolve. Um, the Los Angeles Police Department are still investigating T.I. and Tamika Tidy Harris for multiple instances of the alleged sexual assault. Attorney Tyrone A. Blackburn is obviously representing about a dozen of the people who claim to be sexually assaulted by T.I. and Tiny between 2005 and 18. So over that 13 year span um, and other accusations have leveled against the, cu- um, the couple have included these kind of kidnappings, false imprisonment, intimidation, and forced interjection of illegal narcotics, aka drugs. Um, in the wake of the scandal, T.I. and Tiny have paused their production for their VH1 reality series, um, which has been, you know, on air for pretty much the best part of a decade or longer. Um, and T.I., Tiny, and Friends and Family Hustle, um, and it's also been announced that the the rapper would not return for ant-man so i think we reported on that last time um i actually loved ant-man just just to say um but i'm not saying i'm not advocating for his inclusion of course not but i actually liked that film like i didn't think i was gonna like it but i liked the first one and second one but yeah um what do you guys think of this development um with T.I. and the song.
and and Ti um Ti entirely of course as a duo with the with the allegations. Jobber, you can go first. Uh, let me go after you. I don't really have much to say, so I think I'll just follow your lead. I'm in the exact same position as you. Um, I don't have a lot to say on this. Um, I'm being completely transparent. I don't know about any of this. Um, and um, this is kind of the second time I've heard about this. So it's a very deep, like, I, I don't understand it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, the kidnapping and stuff like that, I don't understand like try to understand them. This is me hearing it for the second time. I don't really get what's going on. Um, but I guess what we'll have to do is just wait and kind of follow the story and see what happens. Um, that's all we can do. I, I don't know anything else. So I'm just going to leave it there and just kind of see what unfolds and what comes out. So that's my position. Yeah. Just to, just to contextualize, there's been about like a dozen or so women who have, called on um and reported on and uh, kind of filed police reports on um various kind of claims over that span that i said um that 13 year span 2005 to 18 um based on the couple kind of um well t- a tiny in particular kind of getting girls recruiting girls um to perform sexual acts on both her, TI, oh. um, etc. Um, narcotics being involved too, um, kidnapping. That's the kidnapping part as well. Um, and then yeah, that so that's basically it. Basically like trafficking girls, etc. 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 So that is what is being reported on right now. So that is what's in progress. That's what the LAPD are investigating. That's what TI and Tiny are up against. And that is, yeah, th- there's multiple people coming out of the woodwork every second at this point. Um, but yeah, I-, I think the sentiment is the same. Like, we just have to see what happens. And I wholly hope that the victims are safe. Um, because actually this relates to another person, Nicki Minaj, which is why I've not played her mixtape, because she is complicit with Kevin. Who's Kevin? Um, her husband, in terms of threatening, you know, a sexual assault for Tim, who's been raped by Kevin. Um, or is what's his name? Her husband? Kevin? Petty? Like, what's his husband's name? Yeah. So she, there's, there was a... Yeah. So there's a Daily Beast article, which is a big report, um, essentially looking into it. And it was released like a month ago. So way before the mixtape came out. And um, yeah, Nikki basically has been threatening, allegedly, I'm going to say allegedly because we're on a podcast, but allegedly has FaceTimed, you know, got people in the streets, the real streets to, um, you know, go to this woman's house. She's had to move state, leave her daughter behind, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because of, and he, he has raped her. He's on the sexual offenders list um so yeah like nikki's just complicit with a sexual assault uh, so that's why i haven't really engaged with any of her releases as of late um and yeah with ti i have not played the song i will not be playing the song but um in terms of the sexual assault victims that do come out against public figures like this i just hope for their safety because again as consumers of music there's a lot that we don't realize that happens in the streets and i think a lot like with drill what happens as well like on songs and hip-hop um you know there are direct threats made in the lyricism and stuff like that and gaslighting um so yeah that's why like really 
with Nicki Minaj, my perspective has kind of changed on her over the last, not her talents, of course not. We, we're not going to erase talent in terms of like, yeah, we can't do that. There's nuance. But in terms of, I just didn't like that Daily Beast report article that I read a month ago. And with this TI thing, you know, again, like a dozen people having an agenda against you and just kind and of- And very like, specific I mean, details. I, I, I mean, you know- you know, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about all that. Um, there's no smoke without fire exists for a reason. But um, I side with the victims until proven um, to be liars. You know, and even then, do I trust the state? You know, do I? Because T.I. has a very um, big place in hip hop and and in terms of the the perception that he's, you know, a black leader, you know, in Hollywood or whatever, um, helping. I think only he thinks yeah, that. Yeah, well, but... but you know white people, they believe anything that's being told to them. So, like, um, I think, yeah, like, I, I just think, I hope that the the bias isn't there in this case. Um, but again, do I trust the police enforcement? Do I trust the... I, I don't know if I do. So my, my, my solid... <laughs> Should I even say solidarity? My mind is with the victims, first of all. And I hope that they are, you know, proven to be whatever the fair and true outcome is, whether that is that they're guilty, T.I. and Tiny, or that they were fabricating lies, the, the, the victims and all the alleged victims at this point. But T.I., you didn't need to release a song while you've got an open case. Like, I don't know what that's all about. Um, but yeah, people are going to believe what they want to believe at the end of the day. And I think we just need to wait and see on these details as Eden rightly pointed out at the start of this conversation. So those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts, Chope? If if any, because I know that you said you don't have much, but. Can I, can I just jump in and actually, um, just say, I think the song was. Listen. I don't think the song should have been made. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm going to say. I just don't think the song that I don't, I, I just don't understand. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Look, being completely transparent, I don't talk on things that I don't know the full story about anymore. Mm. Um, so with regards to why he made this song, he might've had his reason, whatever, but mm. I just don't, I question it because yeah, no, okay. I just question it. It doesn't make sense to yeah. me. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. So yeah, shop okay. it. Well, you know, let's just hope that as as we, well, all, I think all of our mindsets are in the place where this song should not have been created. You know, I don't think any of us are running to listen to this song anytime soon. Um, <laughs> I mean, if anyone is, you know, you can tell me how it sounds, but um, yeah, I won't be. So we're just going to have to wait and see with this one. Um, and just, yeah, peace be to the victims, um, or alleged victims at this point. But, um, we will move to another story. Um, I am reading this one out from thatgrapejuice.net. So if you want to go to read the full story, you can go here. So this one is about girl bands, um, and it basically is about a new TV show. So former girl band members are forming a supergroup in a new BET show called The Encore. So this apparently originated because of 
the power of the internet. So shall you. Um, so a year ago, <laughs> Keely Williams and Farah Franklin, formerly obviously of 3LW and Destiny's Child. <laughs> and the Cheetah Girls. Yes, and the Cheetah Girls. Sorry, I'm reading word for word from the article, but you write, you write, um, surfaced and went all the way viral. Um, it was lifted from a pilot, and I remember, I actually remember this, it was mad funny. Um, it was from a pilot of a reality show that sought to create a super group comprised of ex girl group members. I didn't know this context, but I knew it was from a pilot that got you know shelved. But there were calls from so many people online, and I actually remember this part too of one in the show because of this clip. It was a powerful clip. It was a funny clip. It was hilarious. And anyone who knows Keely Williams, for example, she, 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 she's an interesting character, you know, online. So, um, BT definitely gave it a home now. <laughs> and now it will be, um, made into a full show. So the show was created by, um, Carlos King, whose credits are actually included in big reality show dramas such as Hollywood Divas and The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, the show will be called BET Presents The Encore. Um, it's coming out in the States June 9th. Don't know if it will get a UK airing, but you can probably bootleg it. Um, there's a there's a 10-episode... Uh, can we do uh, ...purchase. <laughs> <laughs> can we do that? <laughs> Sorry, continue, Nick. Go on. Yeah, uh, there's there's a 10 episode um, order of this pilot um, and it will unite obviously eight names from the 90s and 2000s groups um, as well as soloists as well. So the collective is given a month or 30 days to record an album at a home studio, hone their vocals and learn intricate choreography. The talent that is confirmed is obviously Keely Williams um, of Cheetah Girls and 3LW, Danny E. Kane's Aubrey O'Day, um, Shamari DeVoe from Black, Pamela Long, Total, Irish and Lamisha Grinstead, Fallon and Felicia King, and Nevea. Say what group is they from? Sorry, Cherish um, from Fallen and Felicia King. Now, I didn't listen to this group. So is it 702 or 702? 702. <laughs> 702. Irish and Lamisha Grinstead and Totals Pamela Long. So those were the ones I missed out. Everyone else, I included the groups. Um, and Nevea is obviously a soloist. If you know, if you don't know, she's a soloist. So we will see how this competition kind of evolves because it's 30 days, create all the stuff, choreography, etc. But um, the show has actually been developed for seven years, which is wild to kind of think, you know, you just never know when your opportunity is going to come. So um, BET's executive vice president of um, unscripted programming and development, Tiffany Lee Williams, said, fueled with a passion and drive, the leading ladies of BET presents the encore prove that lightning lightning can absolutely strike twice and we can't wait to share the next phase of their journey with our viewers the series will bring fans uh bring fans of i think of behind the scenes in the music making process yeah reconnect them with some of their favorite chart shopping singers and deliver unforgettable stories from celebrities that they love um so yeah like this is the 
the the article actually features the original clip the origin clip that allowed things to go viral last year which was crazy it was actually really funny um caused memes caused all sorts of chaos but um yeah what you guys particularly shop i think of the news of this bet show i am here for it i cannot wait i will definitely be tuned in this is going to be a mess and calamity and it's going to be joyous and glorious hilarity i i'm i'm disappointed that farah did not return you know it would have been nice to see her nice to see her delusion um yeah no um i think it's amazing the power of social media because i'm um, as nick said um Carlos King had tried to sell the show many times. It was turned down by various networks over the last year. But because of that clip last year going viral and people like Gabrielle Union and like tweeting about it and stuff like that, that's where the interest uh, re-emerged. And now obviously it's going ahead now. Um, so I definitely be watching this. Like um, I, I can know they're trying to do this whole, we're taking the stories of girl groups. Like, oh, no one cares. Like we're here for the mess. We're here for the drama. It's okay. We're here to laugh. Um, no one's expecting an amazing album out of this or at all. This is just, we just want to see you interact with each other and argue. And that's fine, you know? And me, I don't really watch reality TV um, or anymore, anyway. I think I used to watch quite a bit later, but I kind of just like grew up and <laughs> got older. But this is definitely one that I can get back into, you know, just giving R&B Divas an underrated reality show. Well, hilarious for anyone out there. Um... Yeah, I just think it's hilarious that Nivea is part of the festivities, just a random solo artist, but okay, do you. But um, yeah, no, I, I think this will be very entertaining. And June 9th, I will definitely be looking for um, a link. So to all my Americans out there, if you find a link for your UK brother, pass it on. Um, I would just like to know who will also um, be singing lead here because the, the um, Irish Lamisha can't sing, Pamela can't sing, Keely can't sing. Um, so I guess Shamari will have to be doing a lot of the, the leg work. And yeah. Those are my thoughts. Oh, and the girls from Cherish, they can sing. They can sing. Nivia, not so much. Nicholas, any thoughts? Um, I think, yeah, I think it will be um, a funny show. I think, yeah, the clip was hilarious, like online. Um, I'm sure there'll be many more clips that come from this series as well. Um, I don't know if I'll be watching necessarily, um, but in terms of the clips and stuff, I'm here for the memes. So if there's any memes, stuff like that. Oh yeah, we're definitely going to be gifted with some amazing memes. Yeah, well, so sure, I'm sure. re- I'm intrigued to see that. I'm sure, and BET create their own gifts when shows happen. Like I've definitely seen that during awards, during some airings. So yeah, like I think why not? This you know why not? It's it's. I, I think the competition element of it is going to come second to probably the, the humour. Is there competition? It, the I thought they're coming together That's to make the compa- an album. Like, can they do it, though? That's the competition. Like, can they do it in oh. the 30 days they're against the clock kind of thing? So, yeah, like, um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see all those components come together. And I think a lot of people who saw that viral clip wanted to watch it. So I think they'll get their fix. And I think... You know, I'm glad a big a big network like BET kind of found a home for it. So yeah, like and shout out to, you know, those years of dedication finally paying off to so I'm excited. I'm excited to see the memes. I'm excited to see the memes. Um and you know, obviously I know Keely has been thirsty to, you know, be in the spotlight and have have something to do. So I'm I'm actually glad yes. that, you know, people yes. 
yes. people have people are having something to do this you know, her, this, as well this is her destiny that was shady but yes that's her des- this is her destiny this is her destiny she's been destined to be reality star for the longest time we know her as the girl who caused all the drama in 3LW and cheetah girls kfc and all fighting behind the scenes fighting raven simone you just know that she is the drama and she so i know she's great television i just know then of course we had the iconic terrible song spectacular which i'm sure you know you aware of that video that song no I have no oh, idea wow. what you're talking about. Nick definitely knows. Yeah. Nick knows where I'm referring to. <laughs> Funny moments. Funny times. The set, the effects were spectacular. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so Keely will definitely give us some good television. Definitely. And I think her and Aubrey are going to argue, which will be great television. Because Aubrey also is very opinionated. I remember her from making the band. The Danny Kane season, yeah, she has a lot to say. She's going to definitely give white girl energy that we need for this show. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's, I, I will be enjoying June 9th for sure. Cool. All right. I think next it's, topic. I think Sharpe wanted to have this conversation in particular. Um, he brought it to the t- agenda, so I'm gonna I'm just let him take what? the ban and then we can we can talk. Uh, okay. Right. No, you brought it to the table. You put, you did. You brought it to the table. You were like, I think it would be great to have this conversation. So I was like, give credit where credit is due. You know, <laughs> like Shoppe, Shoppe brought it to us and we were like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Because um, I know that you guys had a chat last week as well, right? Like you guys had a... Or uh, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah, on one of the episodes I was missing, there was another... Um, there was another group chat conversation. So we're bringing back the segment. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, all three of us, uh, one of the few people we mutually stand for is J. Cole. Um, at least not what I don't know about anymore, but you know what I mean. Like, he's someone that, all three of us, we, we love him. We're all huge fans of his. Um, Nick and I have seen him live. I've seen him um, live as well. well. Oh, you did not mention that two weeks I ago. I did. I saw him on wireless. I said him, that. Sir? Oh, yes, you did. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes, you did um yeah so obviously you know the the new album came out last week and me and Eden had like a a brief um I guess discussion about what we wanted from the album and just what we thought of J. Cole's career up until this point so I thought it would definitely be good for all three of us to I guess mutually review the album share our thoughts and express our feelings towards it and also put that in a wider context of how we feel about J. Cole today in general and from you know mixtape Cole to now so I would like Eden to start okay cool um so in terms of (laughs) how I feel about J. Cole um he's an artist that I wouldn't say initially I was the biggest fan of um, I got into Cole probably around Born Sinner era. I remember hearing Cricket, Cricket Smile and loving the TLC um, feature on it and um, a few songs from Cole World, the sideline story, but it wasn't enough to actually encapsulate me and make me into a fan. And then um, I really enjoyed Born Sinner. I, th- I feel like that album was amazing. Again, features James Fauntleroy, who we spoke about and celebrated a few episodes ago as well um, on Born Sinner, the title track. Um, and going forward, 2014 Forest Hill Drive was one of my favorite albums released in 2014. I actually think it was my favorite album released that year. Um, it was an album that was gifted to me by my brother for Christmas. And I tell the story all the time, but I'm annoyed because 
it's still in a car that I sold a while ago. Um, so I lost it. So um, 2014 Forest Hill Drive was a great album for me. And in terms of my mental health, um, Love Yours was a song that stuck by me in um, a very, very depressing time in my life. Um, and I'm really appreciative for it. Um, coming to his later years, For Your Eyes Only, I wasn't really a, the biggest fan of that. I think I said that a few episodes as well, a few episodes ago as well, sorry. Um, but I'm happy to go back to it and kind of listen to it with a, a slightly more mature um, ear. Um, KOD for me was a good project, but I don't go back to it. Shope said that as well, but I don't really go back to it that much anymore. Um, ATM, Motivate, and um, I think Brackets were songs that I really enjoyed on there, but I'll have to listen again. And now the off season. Um, for me, what I'll do, is we'll all say how we came to J. Cole. I think Shope said this already, but I just want to make sure. We all said how we came to J. Cole, and then we'll talk about the off season. So, Nick, what was your experience with J. Cole? Um, so, yeah. Um... That's a good way to start, Eden. I like that. Yes. Come on, yes. So yeah, um, I remember seeing a BET video um, on oh, yes, BET yes, days yeah. um, for yeah. one of his singles, and I remember thinking it was actually Drake. Like not not thinking it was Drake, not, not <laughs> thinking it was Drake in terms of thinking it was actually Drake. I just was like, this sounds like Drake. Like this this sounds like Drake. Yeah. And everyone in the late two um, thousands was definitely on that whole motivational rap you know street rap motivation i'm trying to build this lyrical career i'm trying to get that double xl cover i'm trying to do all of this i'm trying to show homage to the old school mcs you know jay-z had just had his post quote-unquote first retirement boom you know he was doing great people wanted to be him you know j cole was a dollar in a dream you know all of this and he was on that shit so and i was on my you know drake shit you know mixtapes i was on that lime wire download all of that so i was like okay so we have another light skin in the cut so i was like he sounds just like drake you know the lyricism all of that kind of stuff it's great to see how they've both evolved actually to be honest from that moment but um yeah that was it bt um he was i think it was his rollout for his first album um i'm really trying to find the j cole song but he was definitely walking and it, there was like fire and stuff like that i think you, real fans will know what it is and i'll i think you're referring to who that it was who that yeah i could hear it in my head but i just forgot the name um and yeah so ever since then went back to the mixtapes because people on the internet in threads have been telling me that he has more material so i went back and i was just like oh shit like this is my new favorite rapper. Like for real, for real, became obsessed. You know the warm up, the come up, everything. Friday night light. Oh, beautiful, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, amazing. Um, Those are beautiful gowns. No, in terms of actual beautiful gowns, like they were actually oh. exquisite gowns. Like they were amazing. But um, yeah, no great material. Um, especially Friday night lights. Like that is one of the best mixtapes made of all time. Like for real, for real. Um, so. Yeah, listened, became a fan, followed him through the journey, didn't like the debut too much. Um, I thought, obviously, I actually gauged where he was. I got what, because in later interviews, he was like, I'm trying to be mainstream. And I caught that from the start. Um, 
obviously he had the commercial singles which he's not proud of now um etc etc so you know we followed him through born sinner was it was not coherent at all but it was a great album but it just was not coherent um and he mentioned that his mental health had something to do with that in interviews as well so i definitely understood it in a different perspective when he'd done those interviews and said he was facing extreme depression throughout um recording but it was a great album to be honest for perspective and clarity and like where he was at i think and it gave really just so much um, depth to where he was at that time in his life. So I appreciate the honesty. Um, I think everyone says Forest Hills Drive is one of their favourite albums, if not the favourite album for him. It's his most commercial. Um, it's his most coherent in terms... Or one... It's the start of one of his first coherent albums, um, just in terms of really concise theme clear as day um clearly it was during that era where everyone began to pivot to political discourse in terms of j cole's been discussing that but like in terms of like really being overtly about black lives matter and stuff like that like it was around that mid 10s era you know and and he was a part of that obviously the likes of kendrick with the likes of beyonce etc 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 so i appreciated that album and you know i think he that was the tour that i went to where the societal i do you know what i was just coming into my journey in terms of societal plights and um studying my degree and um just finished a course where I was in the states and stuff and and it just spoke to me in that way um so it was good and definitely introspective in places as well um I've come to see where dreams is really corny as the years have gone on but I did appreciate it at the start when I first played it but I've come to really just find it corny at this point but moving on um yeah I think um for your eyes only um, I actually appreciated the album from first listen because it was like granddad on the porch kind of rap. Um, and I appreciated that perspective from him as well. And it was interesting to know that his home got raided by the police, even though he's like one of the most successful rappers of our generation. Um, and it just shows you that you'll never escape. You'll never escape, you know, money, all of that. You'll never escape which is ironic because on subsequent albums, you know, J. Cole becomes a bit more ignorant um, in his penmanship. And to be honest, he has been misogynistic throughout his whole career, the beginning, middle and end. Um, Exactly. But particularly, I think the continuing vein is misogyny, to be honest with you. I think that is the continuing theme. But again, I think isms, homophobic, all that kind of stuff follows him around as well. But um, I think he just hasn't learned, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, So yeah, for your eyes only, I definitely loved um, hearing about the police, not loved hearing, but it was good to really, I think it was, that was the most powerful song um, or moment of that album. And then, um kod um i i think it will be in later years looked back on as as a zeitgeist for the moment in terms of that because you know mac had just gone there was a whole kind of plethora of rappers who were um 
who are trap rappers, sorry, or mumble rappers in particular, dying from Mac Miller died after KOD came out. That. No, but in terms of how he spoke about it in interviews as well, like he was, he'd referenced Mac Miller in interviews with like Angie Martinez and stuff like that after the album. Um, and also, um, I think around the time as well, there was just a lot going on in terms of people like mumble rappers who he references on the album, dying from lean, Molly, all of that, that he discusses on the album. So I think it will define a moment in time, but right now I just don't think it's appreciated like that. Um, it's definitely one of his hazier albums for me, listening back to it, just because I think every song is saying the same thing. And I think there's just a bit of repetition. Um, I got the message, like, from six songs in. Um, yeah, I got it. Uh, and then we get to the latest album, which, again, it's been two weeks, right? Or a week and some change. So, again, there's still time to process it. There's still time to process it, but I think, you know, in this climate of we've just had the pandemic and all sorts, I think mocking the wait, 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 wait. kind of We're not discussing the album yet. But no, 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 I'm giving a one line. I'm giving a one line because I've done it for every every album. So I think, yeah, Mocking the Poor is kind of a weak line to take there. But, you know, I'll I'll still dissect the album a bit more because I think I've, I've listened to it about maybe seven times, I want to say. Um, so yeah, that's my relationship. And then I went to the, um, Forest Hills Drive tour, been to A Dollar in a Dream, one of them, because he did multiple, um, and tried to see him in New York, um, when I was there for the Dollar in a Dream in New York, but, um, didn't get to, but he spoke to us. Like he came outside and said, sorry guys, like no tickets, all that kind of stuff. Then we went to dinner with some of the fans, like in terms of me and some of the fans went to dinner. Um, so yeah, that's my experience with J. Cole. So hmm. we'll talk about him in a minute, a bit more. Um, for me, I guess uh, similar to Nick, mine was my introduction to him was I saw him on One of Six and Park. I saw Who That be premiered, and I didn't think he sounded like Drake, but okay. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is the really cool song, and I knew he was signed to Rock Nation, so I was like, oh, okay, he's part of um. You know, I think he's one of the, he was one of the first artists signed to Rock Nation, I believe. Um, alongside, like you know, this is when it was like him, Alexis Jordan, Bridget Kelly, and Rita Ora. They were like his new signees at the time. Um, and yeah, so after I heard, so I instantly I I liked that song. I enjoyed the song, and then I also went back and just did my research and just like I started listening to. Uh, Friday Night Lights and the warm up and the come up and I was like I really like him I just like I think he's a really talented rapper and you know this was a time when we you know Drake was you know earlier days you know Wale had an album out Kid Cudi like these were that was the landscape of of you know who a lot of these newer rappers like those were the guys um, Mac you know some others as well um, and then so I remember I loved all his projects up until that point and then like everyone has just said, uh, Sideline Story just didn't really do anything for me, the first album. I didn't hate it. And as you said, and I still stand by, like, there actually are some good songs on there. Um, but it definitely didn't. If I was going to make a comparison to his contemporaries, it didn't. Well, then mm, it's argued because some people don't really care for Thank Me Later, but I actually enjoyed that album. Um, but we're talking about my today. But no, um, yeah, it's a cold world. A lot of it just 
yeah, it didn't do much for me. But there are some good songs on there. Like I, I said, like I still say the title track is a great song. The the title track is a great song, and yeah, um, you know, there's lost ones and nobody's perfect. But then Born Sinner came out um, a year or so later, uh, or two years later, I think. Actually, before that, actually, I want to rewind because people never discuss these two mic two EPs. His truly yours EPs were are very underrated. Are very underrated. I loved both. Those oh ones. yeah, truly yours. I loved. That. Yes. Yeah. Crunch Head time is amazing. Tears for ODB. Third one. Yes, Headbutter was a great song. Kenny Lofton. Ah, tune. Tune. Please, guys, go back and check out Kenny Lofton from the Truly Yours 2 mixtape. I remember I, I remember first year of uni playing playing that um those two projects. And then Born Sinner came out eventually. And I for the, and I actually did enjoy this. I thought it was definitely um a significant improvement on the album. I loved I loved Power Trip. That was a great first single. And then obviously, like, you know, he had Forbidden Fruit on there. He had Letting Us Down. He had uh, Trouble, Land of the Snakes, of Illuminati, obviously, which was, you know, interesting because, you know, the homophobia and stuff like that, misogyny. But then even the other songs like Miss America and Sparks Will Fly. Like, so I really enjoyed the project, but I still feel to me it wasn't uh, indicative of what I feel he was capable of. And then we got... Forest Hills Drive, which I think we all agree is his best work. It's his magnum opus, and I feel like it's a culmination of literally everything that he worked towards and everything that I grew to love about him because it has the social con- commentary. It has the the commercial song. It has great production. It can be very personable. Um, I just feel like all of, the, all of the best elements of J. Cole, Chris Callow, I feel like the best of that, the best elements of that are all on this album. And still to this day, like, when you just look back... And I, I don't think Wet Dreams is corny. I think it's endearing, if anything. I think it's endearing, because, you know, he's talking about a teenage experience. And I feel like the way he spoke about it was... To me, that's... I thought that's impeccable storytelling. I know we laugh at that song, but... Because of what it's about. But Alex, I think it's an endearing song. And I think that, you know, he was obviously a teenager. I think, like, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. You know, young boys and young girls. And So I've always loved that song. About oh, um, um, oh, three adolescents, a tale of two cities, um, no models, love yours, of course, note to self. I just like great, great, great. I'll never forget where I was when I first listened to the album, and it just is it's just aging so well. And I'm still upset that that's not when I saw him live, I didn't go to that tour. And then we got Four Your Eyes Only in 2018, 2016, sorry, and in a strange way, like when I if I look back at his reason, I think I preferred this over the off-season and KOD. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know it's quite, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A polarising album, I would say. But I'd, I'd say when, when Nick wasn't here, but I do think for us only, I think we will come to appreciate that more in the years to come. I think there will definitely be some retrospective appreciation of that album because, like, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Ville Mentality, Neighbours, I like folding clothes. Like, I know what you mean by the granddad rap thing, but that's where he was right then. But, but I still felt like, in terms of, like, an actual piece of body of work, like, the production was interesting. He was still rapping his ass. If it wasn't like he was lazy or anything, it didn't feel like... It still felt like... Still felt, like, thought out, which is kind of what I feel with his later albums. I just, it just kind of feels... Not phoned in, but I just... It is straight. I guess to be blunt, I just don't get anything. Like I can listen to them and I enjoy them, 
but I just don't get anything from him. I'm like, especially this new one. We'll get to that in a sec. But and I was like, okay. <laughs> but four hours only, like I listen to that. I like I get something from that. Like it like you know, like I get emotions from that. Like but I obviously I made some of his best work, but like, there's some great songs in there. KOD. Um, I liked it at the time, but I can't say I don't honestly, I don't think I've revisited that since since that era ended. Like since it was like his current promotional album. Like I just don't think like ATM was a great song, great single. I liked Kevin's Heart. I liked uh uh Brackets, loved that song. But like I kind of can't like I said, I can't really remember it, if I'm being honest. Like I didn't hate it, but it just kind of was just like, hmm. And then then obviously in between that time we had uh Revenge of the Dreamers. Uh, you know what? Well, we had all three of them, but most recently with Revenge of Dreamers three, which even that, and I've said this before, and it's made people shot me down on this. Like it was good, but it wasn't that good. I felt like the executive production, the sequencing, there definitely could have been some better quality control, like some songs we didn't need. It was a bit cluttered, but there, as a as individual songs or songs that I love, you know, and I do think it was great to just hear him on hear him in, in that kind of space it was kind of good because like you said nick he was just kind of being a bit too preachy and a bit too overwrought if you will with kod it's kind of it's just kind of hear him to hear him have some life in him just to have some fun you know what i mean so i guess that was my journey with j cole so i guess who wants to now start with the off season or well, i guess you should go back to Eden. well no we can all just talk about it but i just wanted to add on to that i wanted to wait until both you and nick finished speaking but the drake comparison is something that i didn't really hear either um i think the thing that i appreciated about cole is he was fairly consistent um in the type of uh, motivational rap that he was releasing for the first let's say three or so projects that kind of saw the limelight um Whereas with Drake, you kind of got that R&B kind of rap um, combination um, that was very different to what was out at the time. And then people started to copy him. Um, so I think I think um, Nick makes a very um, valuable point about how there is definitely um, an evolution with J. Cole that's happened alongside Drake, which they've influenced each other in some type of way. Um, we do have some situations where J. Cole is a bit more melodic on songs. Um, which we can say is in reference to Drake or kind of um, artists before that who um, also sang on tracks as well. But um, kind of watching J. Cole's evolution, he does kind of... <sighs> I'll go straight into this album and talk about how um, J. Cole is a very interesting artist for me because he seems to make moments... He seems to make songs for the moment. Um, and that's probably why For Your Eyes Only didn't really hit with me in the way that um, it might do in the future. Maybe I personally wasn't in the place um, that he was kind of speaking from. Whereas 2014 Forest Hills Drive, I mean, I was, um, what was this, 2021 now, 25 takeaway, what's... So I was about... You were 19. 19 years old, yeah. Um, And yeah, it was a very interesting project and I was just figuring out adulthood and all those different types. Yeah, like it came... Yeah, it came at a very pivotal point in my life and um, the things he was talking about and the experiences that he was talking about as well are things that a lot of uh, men, let's just say straight men for now, um, go through. Um, So yeah, when it comes to the off season, I'll talk about this very quickly because I think 
I will need to come back and give an actual in-depth review to it. If I can be bothered, I don't want to put pressure on myself and say that I will listen to it in depth and not do it. Um, so the off season for me, I wasn't excited to listen to it being completely transparent. I wasn't, um, I, I think part of it is me not being in the space. Like I, I'm not listening to rap in general at the moment. I'm listening to a lot more kind of melodic and um, R&B and um, high vibration type of music. So the off season for me um, wasn't something that I was particularly searching for musically. Um, I kind of tried to lead with what my gut and my spirit tells me to listen to. And the off season isn't something that was really in my scope. But nonetheless, I did give it a listen. And um, I can't say that it wowed me. Like, I can't remember a lot of songs that I listened to. Um, I know there are some things that he said. I saw a quote about how um, if you make fun of a millionaire whilst you're broke, um, but they're a millionaire, the joke is on you and stuff like that. So that kind of goes back to that whole braggadocio, um, ignorant kind of capitalist ideal that he has spoken about. Um, but I think it's interesting watching him go from a dollar... Um, uh, what's it called a dollar and a dream sorry to where he is now so he was the struggling yeah yeah he was a struggling rapper um trying to figure out how to get into this um, career i can't remember who the interview was with but he was talking about how he was broke he didn't have any money and um he was just really working on this dream and trying to get signed by jay and it's just interesting to see the kind of trajectory that seems to happen within um the music industry but a mass as well when people start to get wealth they start to kind of turn around and say if you're making fun of rich people for whatever reason the joke is on you because they've got money it doesn't matter what the joke is they've got money that's how i interpreted it and um i kind of question that like maybe it's just because of how i look at um money and wealth and capitalism and um, philanthropy and all those different types of things but i do think there is a kind of ignorance um that Cole is slowly trying to shake off, but it's still slightly pre um, present in his music. And that might just be where he's at. This isn't coming as a judgment. It's just um, what I'm feeling. Um, that's all I've got to say on this this album so, so far. Um, what do you guys think? Sorry. Um, I think that um, with J. Cole's music... Um, he's you know there's always been issues there so up until even you know snow on the bluff like when he came for no name last year there's just been this rampant misogyny like in his music and you know it's one that i've admitted to countless of times on on the record um i think that i always thought that one day there would be some evolution there um compared to maybe his people who was he was inspired by um so like nas and that whole era of rap um quote-unquote conscious rap which shouldn't even be a thing because every rapper's talking about societal issues but um yeah um who he was inspired by to where he is now and kind of the the accessibility of knowledge more so now even though there was books and libraries and scholars back when nas was in his prime um, I thought he would slowly, as he grew up, depart from that, but he hasn't. Every album pretty much has that 
on it. So for me, um, I this album, the off season, I just got to a place where I think I as a person don't fit with J. Cole as a person anymore in terms of um, our ideologies and our kind of um, stances on a lot of things, um, particularly wealth, status, um, and in terms of like broke shaving and stuff like that, like that's just not something I would do. Um, in terms of J. Cole, he is not the only person. Um, so I'm not, and I don't want people who are listening to take this as an indictment of Cole himself because I think that society and hip-hop um, and wider music, let's talk about pop, um, includes this environment of misogyny from Rick Ross, you know, to Jay-Z, um, to Nas himself, you know, um, and to, to Lil Uzi Vert. Like, there's, it's, it's there, you know, it's there. So I think J. Cole is a product of his environment. Um, but I think the reason to which I hold him to such a higher degree is because last year particularly and the conversation with No Name, he kind of basically alluded to her teaching him <laughs> and her coming at the right get him with the right attitude um and stuff like that um which you know after getting critiqued you think that he would kind of he's the person to type of sit with critique and then come back the next album and talk about what he's learned or say some apologies or you know even with kod like he you know evolved from his place of thinking from when he released it to you know, collaborating with artists who are in that space, you know, um, in the trap space, in the mumble space, and kind of, like, embracing them, and, and, and Corday, like, collaborating with Corday, who rebuttaled against him, and defended his generation, who still, you know, like, old school rap to some degree, but are figuring it out themselves, you know, you can't expect someone who was your age when you came in the game to have that same level of perspective that you have as a mid-30s man, like, get a grip. So I think with him, I thought that that same ideology would work when he directly kind of came at no name and, um, you know, sparked that conversation because it was very direct. His at was present in, in a lot of the conversation, you know. I think he even responded by tweets um, a day later. Um, so I thought he would take some of that in, maybe assess his own discography and, you know, just evolve mentally across the board. But I think, you know, there's still remnants of it on this album. There's... um the broke shaven thing which you know in this climate is just exhausting like to be hearing um from a rapper who you think is evolving with um with perspective but to be honest he's been very honest in terms of I think there is even a bar about how he loved the Quran um and what it taught him but he was unable to finish it so still those reminiscences of not being able to read um, not not in terms of like actual actually read letters, but in yes, terms of like have the, ha, yeah, not <laughs> having the energy to actually finish a book. So I'm assuming that like he's still in that place of, as he said on Snow on the Bluff, um, that he doesn't necessarily read 
in terms of like actually finished books and stuff like that. But he can read, of course. He's a rapper, like, duh, like, come on. I have a but question. in terms of that, I just think, hold on one second. I just think that he's in a space where he's just not quite the rapper that I thought he was, like in terms of just, in terms of his perspectives. Um, Maybe I'm holding him to a, to a higher, too high a standard because of the rap climate, you know, like maybe I need to, you know, actually now I've been critical of Kendrick Lamar as well. Very critical, very critical of Kendrick Lamar and I still am, but um, yeah. Um, and Drake as well. Like, oh my God, we've had that whole conversation. So yeah, like the top three, they aren't squeaky clean or perfect, but is anyone perfect? No, but it just means that me and J. Cole are in a different space right now. We're just in a different space, but I do like what's happening with Dreamville a lot and his basketball career. So congrats to him on that. But I just have a different relationship to him now, with him now. Well, I don't so, have a relationship with him. I just, yeah, different consumer to rapper relationship. So I noticed with the two of you that you're both not really speaking about the album. You're speaking about him as a person and I guess his, I guess his stance in political and social matters. So I guess... I guess I have two questions. Like, but how do you feel about the actual album? Like, I did speak about the album. I spoke about like lyrics about the Quran. I spoke about lyrics about broke shaming, which was on this album. Um, and I think that if you want me to sp- answer that question directly about the actual album, I think, yeah, like lyrically, he's, you know, his penmanship's there, the flow's there. Um, I think he's shifting to an approach where almost it sounds like he's sonically putting things in similar places like themes places like like with kod as i said everything sounds kind of the same the same song all that kind of stuff i think with this project again it sounds very compartmentalized there's a song that sounds exactly like um a lot with 21 Savage and 21 Savage features on this song as well. So it was just like a part two for me. I actually thought sonically that was a great song in terms of it could be a single for him. Um, But in terms of lyricism, it didn't speak to me, although delivered great. Um, Although delivered really great. And I think flow wise, he's definitely... um, adopting this almost he's almost been inspired by trap to be honest with you the last two albums he's 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 leaning into this more growlier voice this huskier voice this um this trap flow infusion um i can definitely see his influences there but obviously he's just being um completely lyrical while in those flow pockets which are different from mumble rappers you know little pump or whatever would not you know, say stuff, a lot of nothing. But um, in terms of J. Cole, yeah, he's taken the positives from Trap that he could, infused it on the album. Um, His growl has been present since KOD. Like you can definitely hear his tone change completely from how he's delivered raps in the past. Um, Yeah, and he's getting more aggressive, I guess, with the competition. I think there's, there's an aggression throughout both of those projects, particularly this one, the off season, which kind of denotes his, his hunger still for rap. But the lyrics personally are not speaking to me. They're not really shining through. I don't know. I need to kind of disseminate whether that's a bias because of No Name and what happened last year or whether it's a actual... But the, the thing is, the, the concepts that he's talking about, Jami now, I think 
um, even through the evolution of this podcast, you can see my thoughts have got a That's bit why more, I asked. Um, radical. And that is not, I hate radical. It's not an ego thing. We're not saying that, oh my God, I'm so much better than it. It's not that. I've just become more radical in thought. And I think that where I'm at now and where J. Cole's at right now, just mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. quite gel Mm -hmm. together anymore and I think that that's absolutely fine I can appreciate the flow I can appreciate what he's talking about I can appreciate even the motivation for basketball which you know I love I love that for him and I I love seeing him play in the the African league right now I I actually really enjoy seeing that because that's a long-term all us three can admit that is a long-term side ambition for him and he even tried out for major teams you know in his college career so you know I'm happy to see that side of him and he's the right hi he you know he's still been practicing over the years so go go figure like honestly I'm going to support in that in that capacity but you know as a rapper I'm just kind of over it like for now I just I'm just taking a bit of a break and just seeing you know we can come back to the album at some point but I'm just I'm happy to kind of just leave that journey where 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 it was and you know I'll still listen to some old songs that I love and 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 there's projects that I enjoy and mixtape call like come on like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna still play some of those songs and um dream the Dreamville tapes as well um I'm enjoying listening back to too but you know I'm just not as passionate and to be honest with you I don't think I would call myself like a stan of J. Cole because I think that I was always critical of the the stuff that I saw like back in whenever um uh what is it Born Sinner was released and the the lyrics because there was a discussion back then about misogyny and homophobia when those came out I was like you know we're still you know glass houses you know we're, we're always gonna see what it looks like inside so ever since then I kind of just picked up on that um Kendrick Lamar, not a stan of him either because of the respectability politics and all that kind of stuff. So I I don't actually think, I think I'm a big fan of J. Cole particularly. There's loads of memories, loads of memories attached to his discography and my, my my life, you know, for sure. Like similar to Eden getting it as a birthday present, I got the I got the CD as a birthday present too. Um, Forest Hills Drive and I, I Christmas, but yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, um, cool. Special occasions gifted, you know, gifted to you. So um yeah like I'll always have that that relationship especially like with the mixtapes and the 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 actual hunger for your career and him getting put on and becoming one of the biggest rappers in in the game has ever seen you know I think it's it's beautiful to kind of see his journey be materialized and his second journey of basketball be materialized professional basketball player like that is a moment and we will look back on his career as really unique for that that is a unique sidestep to his his main career but you know it's just we're we're just in a different place if he drops an album tomorrow i'll listen but yeah you know so okay can i share my thoughts on the album yeah yeah i thought you had two questions that you didn't get to ask but go on feel free sorry i answered the first one and then sorry just completely sorry i've actually forgotten the second question at this point so so, um i guess for me i want to go so what I've, i've ascertained is that they're j cole the person uh heavily impacts you listening to j cole the artist and I know that's the case with a lot of artists, but I feel that's definitely the case with him and definitely in recent years. Which, to me, I kind of also can agree with too, because, but I'm going to actually just go back to how I just felt listening just to the album as just as another album that came out. 
on a Friday. So I was very excited when this was initially announced, even though I must say, actually, I didn't revisit KOD. I've not, re- I didn't, I can't, if you're really, can't be, if I'm being blunt, I can't say I've missed J. Cole. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's back. Okay, cool. Then I heard an interlude and I was like, okay, that ain't it. But I'll wait for the album. Um, and then I heard the album and I've heard it, I've listened to it almost every day this week. And like Eden said, I definitely feel like I just need more time with this and maybe it'll grow on me. And I just think that it's just quite, um, it's, for me, I just feel like it's not an easy digestible album, in my opinion. I don't think this is an easy digestible album. And once again, I just kind of, and one of the things I was actually reading, cause you know, Jago has said that he's kind of been feeling uninspired and struggling since Forest Hill Drive about just like, is his heart really fully in music and stuff like that? But he was saying that the off season and the fall off are basically, if he was to end it all today, those two who left it all on, on left it all on wax. And I'm just like, really? So this is, you feel like this is the, the manifestation of your best self, your best everything. I just still, and the thing is, like Nick said, Nick made a very, very good point, very salient point here, that the delivery is great. And he is, I guess in top form, but I just feel as a body of work, it kind of just kind of just all, all the songs kind of fall into each other. There are some blunders lyrically here about, and that's also just me as myself with my politics. Cause like Nick, I definitely would say, especially in the last year or so, my politics have definitely become a little bit more radical moving from liberal and to more progressive in word commas to radical and actually um, tangible, Things that actually um, emanate tangible change. We're not discussing that right now. Anywho, so there were some lines that I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. But, you know, I can look past it because, you know, it's music. You're a rapper, you know. I don't expect my rappers to be, you know, activists or whatever. And I do think that's been an issue with J. Cole fans. I think they thought he was a lot smarter than he was, than he is. Not that he's an idiot, but I think they thought he was like, you know, you know what I mean. They thought he, they, they didn't put him on this pedestal as if he's like some, I don't know, Malcolm X, Malcolm, Marcus Garvey of, of rap. You know what I mean? It's the conscious rap distinction. Yes, of Ken, course. Kendrick has of it course, as well. Of course, exactly, for sure. Whereas, but the thing with that is, and that's fine, but I just feel like, I, I think with him, I'm able to separate that. Because Kendrick definitely has his own, you know, issues, of course. But I feel like with Kendrick, I'm still able to just like, okay, but as a rapper, as an artist, like, I fuck with you. You know, and I can appreciate what you're doing, and I think I feel like he's just so exciting to watch and listen to as just, you know, as a musician. You know what I mean? But with Cole, I just feel like he's just he's just really losing me as just like yes, like I said, politics aside, but just you as just being an artist. You know what I mean? I just feel like you're just you're just not doing it for me anymore. And it kind of pains me to say that, but like, and it's strange because they're on this album. I can go back and be like, okay, applying pressure, I fuck with a hundred mil. Bars, by the way, was an underrated um. Go, um, go of this album. Bars' presence on this album was was amazing. I loved everything Bars did on this album. Lil Baby was incredible on Friday's The Devil. Like some good features, and it was and it was good to kind of see him step out of his comfort zone. Like you know, there's obviously features on this album and things like that, which obviously you know he hasn't had a feature for a while. <laughs> so there was that, and he definitely experimenting more with production. And I definitely see he definitely was trying to do some things, but I still feel like he's not managing to curate the way I don't want to compare him to his contemporaries but we, we have to like you know like Kendrick or Drake or even Wale because I said before, and people laughing when I say but I said Wale has good a good catalogue you know like 
I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where people start hating Wale, but I'm sorry. But his last album, Wow, that's crazy, was damn good. It was a very good album. It was a very good album, and I feel. And if I go back even to his album, like, um, not ambition. I was obviously ten years ago, but if I go to what was um, his other, um, hold on, let me go. What was his previous albums like? Shine and things like that. Um, nothing like. I feel like Wale and. Is still I still kind of enjoy him as 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 an artist. Whereas J Cole, I just uh, I just don't know. I just like I said, I feel for me the last time I actually was like I can live with an album and like I was enjoying it in different spaces was Four Years Only, which is ironic. Like like I said, I know that's like a polarizing album, but like I definitely remember like you know on the train, on the shower, going to school, going to uni, whatever you know what I mean. Whereas KOD was just kind of like I listened to it when it came out, cool, some nice songs on there, whatever. But yeah, then I think also tying in with where J. Cole is as a person and just seeing that and just really coming to terms with that, especially with where I see myself now and how I view the world now. Certain lines in here are just a bit, uh, I'm just above that now. I just feel like I've kind of outgrown that. And like I said, like to refer to rich niggas, like he's literally become one of those people. <laughs> what he was speaking about on that song, and I was on Born Sinner, correct? I think. Yeah, he's now become one of those people. It's like, how are you going to be broke shaming people as if there isn't like a societal system that will have to make someone the loser, some the winner, and the systemic nature of, you know, poverty and classism and, you know, all these other things. But yeah, I don't know. But in terms of just actual music, I just, I was like, ah, I don't know. I just, hopefully that made sense to you, both of you. Hopefully. The thing is with this conversation, though, I'm kind of trying to unpack my own biases because am I feeding into what conscious rap does that's what I'm thinking about because if I think of my you know what I'm playing you know on a regular basis and stuff like that you know when a Rick Ross song comes out I play it and I don't analyze to the same degree and then you know maybe a Shmino or whatever if I look back at lyrics you know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, do I overanalyze with J. Cole? And that's why I said, is it the no name situation? No, of course. That's kind of put that cloud in there as well. But I don't think it is because I always point out the misogyny and homophobia and stuff like that. But I think it do I overanalyze J. Cole's music because there's probably a plethora of rappers that I'm thinking about that broke shame. Even if it's one line, like Mulatto, <laughs> Mulatto, she broke shames for sure. Like there's there's a lot of lyrics. Well, I don't play Seth London. So, you know, she plays on radio, but I don't play Seth London. But there's a plethora of rappers, UK, US, you know, Africa, um, wider Europe that I've played before and singers that, you know, do that. So maybe, maybe it is a bias. Maybe it is a bias that... You know, I'm I'm, I'm over analyzing with it because, as I yeah, said again, hip hop culture does that, and wider culture does broke shame. It it does, you know, it does, and you know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of people who say, "Well, get your money up." That's a common phrase. If you're going to critique me, get your money up, or if you do this, get your money up, and all this kind of stuff like that. And it's like maybe I am over analyzing it, but I think maybe the counteract to that in my head is, is being one of my favorite rappers as of the last decade. Maybe I'm overlooking because I have those particular memories that I can kind of pinpoint towards mm -hmm. that person mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And maybe it's a reckoning mm -hmm. 
that actually do I need to get to a place where um I know that um the grapevines Ashley Akuna is at, at where she's like she doesn't stream hip-hop or music that kind of is derogatory towards dark-skinned women you know so is it Am I heading there? I don't know, but I don't. I don't know what. I don't know where I'm heading, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I'm heading. But all I know is that my politics and some of the music I listen to, um, is becoming jarring. That that like that friction is there with certain topics and certain certain places. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Technically, as I said in the last two albums, there is an evolution of J Cole cadence wise and flow um yet to know if that jars me in terms of the cadence um and the new cadence that he's employed um i'm still again i think we all need to listen to that album a bit more but i think of course yeah with his new voice in particularly or the evolution of his voice i know he's still singing on some songs which i've never minded like to be honest with you like the the experimenting with the voice and stuff I i don't really care about it it's not it's not his voice isn't jarring when he sings so it's cool but um in terms of the new voice, I don't know whether it's, I don't think it's jarring me. I just don't know whether I, I, do you know, I think the nostalgia with J. Cole's older voice without either, I think, I don't know if there's slight effects added to his voice now, but I think there's, there's something, there's a layering on, on top of his voice, which is adding to the enunciation of some things that I've, I've definitely picked up on KOD. I didn't know it would be present on this album too, but I think that that might be changing how I feel about his music as well, because I think the nostalgia with the older voice, the more organic voice um, or more organic sounding voice um, on his earlier projects and mixtapes was something I enjoyed and became used to. So I think For Your Eyes Only was the last album where that was there in totality. And just go back and listen to the project and I think you'll get what I mean. But um, yeah, technicality wise, I think he's evolving. Um, And I definitely have seen some reviews um, and I get where people are saying he's found his pocket and found his style or like found a cohesion that's easy to package up to the masses. But again, that brings me to another point in music where I'm like, do, are people so tired of music as a whole that they just want digestible formats and having a digestible format equals a successful project? Because that's what a lot of the reviews were picking. It was like, because he's found a cohesion in like his out that is very packaged as Chope actually Chope just cooperated that point saying the songs bleed into one another um, which jarred him but is an easily digestible project whether sonically or thematically I'm talking about sonically here um is that where we've got to as a market like is does that equal good I, I don't know I don't know I think there's a lot I had issues with with some of the reviews as well so I know I've said 
Yeah, I know I've said, I know I've said a lot in a little, a, no, a lot in a lot. <laughs> I said a lot of topics in a lot um, of discourse. Me too. But Some of the reviews yeah, were trying like, shit. Are we getting Sorry. to that place in music where harder to listen projects are not good? Are we getting to easy critique? Are we getting to, I don't know. I think, I don't know. Music's in an interesting place. That's what I'm going to say. No, I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Because I'm not going to say the publications, but some of the reviews I read, I was like, huh, okay. That's what you thought. Interesting. But, you know, huh. Anywho, um, it's nearly two hours. Does Eden have anything to say? Yeah, I was just going to chime off and kind of... um, I've been listening to what you've both been saying in regards to your politics and the way you listen to J. Cole. I think. Um, part of my hesitation to listen to J. Cole at the moment is um, kind of um, figuring out what exactly to expect from him. Um, There are things about this album that jar me, and it might just be me being very um, detail-focused, but the spacing (laughs) out of the titles, for me, was just annoying. I I don't understand what that added to the project and why it was necessary (laughs) that's Um, very pain well it's honest like that's (laughs) when when, when i see it i just i think why no but honestly Uh... i'm being genuinely honest this is like when i see it i'm just like yeah no i get you why does make it make sense i get it no but i i want to understand the overall the overall direction of the project because why was why were the letters spaced out that's that's a fairly um new type of thing that these new rappers are doing and i want to understand mm. the idea behind it because it didn't have a theme it didn't have a reason for it from what i've listened to so far um and also kind of like the album cover as well is interesting it, it denotes the basketball theme that he's had throughout his career um but for me overall i just don't feel a pull to listen to it. Same. I think part of the mm. the appeal for J. Cole for me was um, how relatable he was in some of the things that he was saying. And that's probably why 2014 Forest Hill Drive was um, a really pivotal project for him and um, for me as a listener and, and for his fans as well. So when I finally got to sit down and listen to this mm. album and I kind of feel like I can't connect to him from what I've listened to, I feel like that's why for me, I'm in a different place. One thing I always say though, is um, with regards to the no name situation, I understand um, the the kind of back and forth that people had and all of these different types of things. Um, I am of the opinion that it was J. Cole's opportunity to learn how to be silent and how to understand mm-hmm. his place. But, I I, I yeah. think we also need to understand that that is a lesson that had to be learnt. So in order for mm-hmm. him to learn that lesson, he had to do what he did. So I don't hold him to um, unrealistic expectations again. The thing is for me is he hasn't grown from it. And the thing is, this isn't new. 2013, Born Sinner. The critique was there. Like, and women, I'm sure, and men... And queer people probably come to him with the critiques. I'm sure I haven't heard much from, you know, the homophobic point of view. But since then, unless, you know, someone can enlighten me if there's, if there's, if there's more. But in terms of the... There was one line in, in 
one of these songs. I can't remember which song it was, but there was a line in here that kind of threw me off. I was like, mm, okay, so you still haven't learned. Okay. There was a particular line in, I can't remember what song it was, but it was on this album. Okay. Like, oh, okay. But the albums before this one, no, or yes as well. Have you heard it since Born Sinner? There has. Yeah. 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 Um, what was the song that you said the F word? Oh, was it not? Um, was it not in Born Sinner? The intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. Oh, was it Born Sinner? Yeah. Oh, so okay. I'm just, yeah. just with you guys. Have you seen anything on that? Just to, just so this like process tracing. For this album, like I said, there is a song on this album which, yeah, was a bit, was, was a bit ignorant. But before this album, no. Okay, cool. But in terms of the misogyny. I'm seeing every single album, like or like at least, yeah, yeah. Every, I, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's set for for your eyes only. Maybe set for that one, but definitely on every album since, there's been tracing mm, of that yeah. same misogyny. And do you know yep. what? Most rappers do it, but I'm not saying just because most rappers do it that he does it. That's, we're not excusing that. But, but what exactly, I'm saying is exactly, the no name exactly. situation in it. It's no on the bluff again. Displaying the intellectual version of misogyny, you tried to warp it up in mm. something else. You know, mm. I'm like, have we not grown? We haven't. He so really, that's my he really thing. Really made a bad decision with that. And song. with and the thing is, the th- the funniest thing is, J Cole. You, if you actually didn't release that song, you had women that were riding out for you through the misogyny in the albums. They didn't care. Like, as in, like, no one was bringing it up again since that moment, like, on mass level. You actually just threw yourself into the the lion's den with that one and you started a conversation that you could have avoided you could have actually just spoken to no name privately on the matter and i get the competition level of hip-hop you respond you know someone this record this record but like the climate Mm -hmm. last year was Mm -hmm. during you know what was going on outside and i know he's been to every protest multiple protests wherever he's in north carolina like you know he's posted but in terms of learning from actual um educators activists etc etc about what you're talking about for me just kind of it kind of was like a stamp on the foot of yeah i'm misogynist that's it we're we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep bleeding that footprint in and i do agree with you there's a lesson that he learned probably last summer but to to yet see that materialize in the music in the music i don't know about his actual real life outside of that but his music which again is actually a part of his life i haven't quite seen even traces of growing from that moment even though that might be the case mentally he might be you know did it and then the quran line just lets me know are you finishing books are, are we finishing books now to the point are we actually but we don't learning? we don't have to finish books though like we don't like this is this is this is my kind of take on it because the Quran in itself is a book that you read at different stages in your life, depending on how religious you are. It's a book that you're supposed to yeah. recite and know if you are of that faith. But if you're not and you're going to it for a particular reason and you feel like you found that reason, then he doesn't need to read the whole book, in my opinion. No, but he said he appreciated the line exactly or or it was pattern paraphrasing, but the line was basically, I appreciated it, but I didn't have like the stamina to continue. So he's alluding that. It's alluding, I don't know if this is a fact, but it's alluding to the fact that with things that he has passions for in in written form, he can't finish sometimes if the, if the passion isn't there. So I'm like... 
And then it, we're paired with Snow on the Bluff where he admits he doesn't read. It just builds a narrative like, like, I don't know, teaching can come through audio, visual, whatever it can, for sure, for sure. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, are we learning what the issue is? Like, uh, what the issue with you is and what you're perpetuating? But I, think, I don't know if we're learning that. I think that it's down to interpretation because I take stamina to mean intellectual stamina. So maybe the Quran was talking about things that he had to go away and think about. And if he, yeah, if, he says in, if he says in another line, in another song that he doesn't read, then I imagine that's probably why he didn't have the stamina to actually read the Quran. But I'm not here to say, like, J. Cole, like, don't grow, don't do these different types of things, don't learn yeah, from your course. mistakes and all these different types of things. I'm more here to talk about the music. And from what I have seen from J. Cole, A, I didn't think this project was needed keeping it 1000 million percent i just didn't need this in my spotify list of suggestions um i don't understand the direction of the separation of um titles for me an album needs to make sense <laughs> i'm, I'm like, laughing when that i <laughs> no but honestly no, i don't understand how it can't be like why are they separated like no but can we ask the question because like why what is the what's the overall vision for the project was it just something that was supposed to look aesthetically cool or something along those lines and this is something that i've kind of had an issue with cole with for a while like um whilst i will say i've enjoyed his projects born sinner and for your eyes no not for your eyes only 2014 for um, 2014 forest hill drive um those there is an issue with um, how he structures his projects, the ideas behind them, who he wants to be when he kind of makes himself this new Nas in a way and kind of critiques the new generation, but he wants to be um, the best rapper of this generation and all these different types of things. There is kind of a confusion. And I think that's what you guys have alluded to. I hope that Cole is learning. I kind of disagree with what's being said about wishing that he didn't have that no-name situation because I believe everything happens as it's supposed to happen. Um, whilst I don't make an excuse for situations like that, it happened and we have to accept it happened. Um, and I hope that J. Cole kind of reaches a new space um, in his music where he realizes how powerful his lyrics are for communities that he is not a part of. Um, and as a straight man, that is something that he needs to become aware of. But he's in his 30s. He needs to know that now. Like he should have learned. Actually, let me not say should have because everyone has their own independent journey. But I hope he learns it. I hope we kind of hear changes in language yeah, and definitely. themes. But I'm only saying this but because I brought it up a few episodes ago. As a community, as a society, these types of themes we play a role in it as well and we have to take responsibility mm -hmm. for that as well and I've, I've heard nick take responsibility and shopee take responsibility and say that when they listen to this music they're conscious of the fact that it goes against their core beliefs and what they stand for which Ideals. is completely fair yeah but we need to understand that when we are talking about certain things and what um we want to change we also play a role in the fact that it's in popular music and it's in mm -hmm. the the rap music we listen to doesn't excuse anyone, doesn't do anything. It's yeah. just what is. And if we want to kind of make a difference, we kind of have to have that conversation um, like we're having now. Um, and I hope J. Cole kind of realizes this because he's doing it and people are accepting it. 
they're critiquing it, but they're still listening. Um, Facts. Facts. And that's why earlier when the situation with like T.I. and Nikki came up, that's why I'm like, I'm trying to take action more when I don't agree with what's happening in real time, you know, um, and disseminating. But it's really hard when you're in a, you just don't know who to bet on anymore in music because, you know, I, listen, I was, I was, I was a fan of Octavian's rise. Okay. I was, you know, there's tweets, you know, BBC introducing, you know, all of that. I was like, this is fire. Like this kid is going, whatever. And, you know, let me down, you know, so there's multiple people that you ride for, (laughs) you know, sometimes the music cannot be divorced yeah, from the like real R. Kelly. activity that's going on so sometimes you have to the lyricism sometimes you have to look at that and denote you know that being a signal to something you know so but it's, it's yeah, really no one's, hard no one's judging it's, anyone no one's saying yeah. this is easy and i'm not saying just because it's hard it should be excused no one's saying that but what i'm saying is yeah, it's secular music. It's really hard, guys. Listening to secular music is hard. It, it's it's truly hard, and I mm-hmm. I feel myself changing as a person. And um, I don't know what that means. I don't I don't know what that yet means for my reality. But I know that yeah, morally, I'm evolving and I'm changing by the day. And that is not saying that you know I'm just again. You've heard this on this podcast. Edith Shoppe have heard it. I'm never one to judge in terms of like, I think I'm better than... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Life is a journey with all students. That's all it is. And you just apply the lesson and do what you want to do. That's it. You take the lesson or you you apply it or you don't. That's it. So that's all I'm doing right now is taking some lessons and applying them and seeing how that plays out, you know, and and just seeing... adjusting keep adjusting keep adjusting and that's all it is so i just want to say that we're not blaming anyone here we're not doing anything this is a very open and frank conversation as always on that spot so yeah 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 i i I think um that's a very important point to make none of us are talking from a place of being perfect people um and that's why i think it's important we recognize in celebrities they have their own imperfections um, and things that they need to learn from. And J. Cole is an example of that. And I think that's why um, seeing where he's at currently and um, his lyrics and kind of it's, it's a step down um, because he was someone who spoke about um, like rich men or whatever that connotation means. I don't use that word. Um, he spoke about how um, they get to a certain stage and they talk about having money and he he did it. Now, if you want to get into the kind of psychology behind it, we're talking like Carl Jung and um, all of these different psychologists, it makes sense. Mm. Like people are hypocrites in general. Like there is a side of ourselves called the shadow self. Shout out to anyone who knows about that. It's, it's really fascinating if you want to take, take a look into that. But Carl needs to do some shadow work because, look, I can talk about hating capitalism as much as ev- anyone else. but at the end of the day, if someone says, do you want 2 million pounds? Do you think I'm, I I don't know what I would do with that. I can only speak from my current situation and say, I hope for a more equitable future, Mm. but I have no idea. I I don't know. I can only hope I know. 
Um, and with J. Cole, I think it's just because he's in the spotlight, we project some of our own beliefs and sure. ideas onto him, which is unfair. We have to admit that is slightly unfair. But at the same time, it is necessary because we're trying to say we want to see you grow. We want to see you get better. We want to see you be more aware of the language you use. But we also pay attention to the fact that we give other people blies, which is human. Um, but I think this conversation has been quite fruitful and um, we'll probably revisit it because I'm going to at some point maybe listen to this album and have some thoughts when I get over the spaced out text at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did anyone else have anything to add? No, it, it was a good conversation. Yeah, cool. All right, so we will close out there. It's a very long episode, this one, but um, thank you guys for sticking to us to with us until the end, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. As always, if you've got anything you want to add, please use the hashtag D-A-T-S-P-O-D and we're happy to have a discussion with any of you. You can find us on all streaming platforms at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. Um, individually, my name is Eden. You've got I am Tyrell and Shope Showerton on here as well. And we are Donal at the Stands, a music and culture podcast with a marked focus on stand culture. Guys, we have three more episodes left until the end of the season. So if there's anything um, in terms of music you want us to listen to or any suggestions, please feel free to send it through. But you've had your warning because when we get to episode 13 and we say it's the last episode, people are always like, what? What? like you didn't say that but we are we got three more episodes left until the end of the season um and it's been a great season but we'll talk about that later on enjoy the rest of your weeks and thank you for listening guys catch you later peace